the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You were in the neighborhoods we live in. You were in the ones we're passing by. You were in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep are Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in for a treat today. We're going to be talking about uh, things that are going on out there in juvenile probation and learning about a, uh, a program called Girls in Motion, and uh, really just hearing from one of the uh, probation counselors that's working in that program. I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. But before we do, I want to just uh, give a shout out to my partner in justice, Ms. Benita Hopkins, who's actually out at... Uh, in Ghana, as we mentioned last week, um, working with the young people there in the in a fishing community, uh, really being a light and uh, putting on a play and doing some artistic expression with the young people there, uh, pr- providing some hope. Uh, hi, Vanita, we miss you, and uh, uh, please come back home safely. Uh, but, but but let's move on. We've got a great show in store for you. First off, as I mentioned, the young lady that's with me today is a probation counselor with. Contra Costa County Probation in the Juvenile Detention Facility of the City of Martinez. Um, And she's worked with uh, young ladies that are commercially sexually exploited children. CSEC and started that in uh, Girls in Motion, which uh, actually we've had a couple of young ladies that uh, participated in that program. And that is Miss Tavon Payne. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So just kind of looking over your um, background here, I see that you started in law enforcement in 95 um, and you have uh, been working for Contra Costa County for 20 years. Wow. Well, I actually worked 10 of those years for the city of Brentwood. Okay, gotcha. And were you also in the juvenile probation? Uh, uh, no, just regular Brentwood Police Department. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you have um, not only that background, but also now you're a probation counselor with Contra Costa County Probation. Correct. And yes. this is a, this is a passion of yours in working with uh, you know an at risk populations, particularly girls. Yeah, you know, even as I worked throughout my um, children's lifetime. I I worked in the classrooms, and as they got into junior high, I would be talking with some of the girls in the schools and stuff like that just before I even 
got with uh, Contra Costa probation. So it's always been really a, a, a piece of my heart that I want to give back and yeah, keep passion. helping. Awesome. So tell me, so how did that, how did that start for you? It, you know, you've been, you've been doing this now for 20 years and, um, you know, you've got this degree in, in, in psych- criminal justice, forensic psychology. You've, you've worked in a variety of different fields and, and you find yourself here uh, working uh, in this space. How did that happen? Well, it wasn't the best of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a police officer in Brentwood or reserve police officer in Brentwood, um, I worked there for, like I said, about 10 years. And then my husband de- decided to um, leave for my best friend. So uh-huh. that became, a, okay, now I have to, I can't really be a police officer because I have to raise two teenagers. Mm. So as I looked around, I found probation counselor. I had no clue what it was. Mm. And then as I got more and more into it, I found several high school friends of mine that were in it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, okay, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And I had enough units for the AA, Mm -hmm. so I went ahead and applied, and let's see, I applied in November, and they hired me in February, Mm. and the last of February, and I was an employee for a week, and then they hired me as a full-time employee, because they mostly hire people part-time when they start. I see. So, um, But they were building the new... uh, facilities so they needed a whole bunch of people a whole real fast gotcha 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 so so since that time and and again that's been what 10 years ago um yeah pretty much when they built it yes okay and so since that time you've been working in specifically with the girls in motion program yeah from day one i worked with 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 the girls unit and then what had happened was the um Girls Center that we had right there on the property mm-hmm. uh, closed down. Mm. And so the presiding judge, Hate asked us to set up a program in which we did. Uh, some, uh, some of our um, people on our unit were trained in anger management, and some were trained in um, just being able to talk and talk about personal issues and things like that. And then helping them to understand what other people mean by what they say. Don't always take it, you know, personally or or in a harsh manner. They could be having a bad day themselves, and they're not really mad at you. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of um, play back and forth with their conversations. Okay, so some scenario, yeah. like training and that kind of thing. Okay. And we taught them junior achievement to where they learned to hire, uh, do their finances and um, talked about what kind of goal they really but they would like to do. And if that was what they would like to do, we pointed them in every direction. We could get information for them to come to that conclusion and meet their goals. Gotcha. So I know now that the Girls in Motion program is a step program where you earn certain um, rights or uh, freedoms, if you will, uh, as you progress. Uh, And so did that did somebody come up with that methodology or did that evolve over time? Well, we looked at different evidence based programs and we took some of what we felt was good with uh, in regards to the timing of 
when they could step up and and that's kind of where we came with the the name of the group called Girls in Motion. They're continually moving, yeah, in a productive way, right? And so um, that's how we came up with the 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 steps is they coincided with the motions. So, as you know, the uh, laws are actually so the, the uh, SB thirteen twenty two was approved on September twenty sixth, and it's going to go into law on January first, and it it makes it illegal for uh, or it's no longer legal to uh, call a child a prostitute, and uh, which I'm very happy about, and I think our organization is very happy about. However, um, there it has uh, removed some of the uh, power that a law enforcement uh, officer may have in intervening um, when someone is actively being uh, exploited and also they're not um, there are some different ways that uh, this could potentially happen but for the most part they won't be coming into juvenile probation have you guys been having discussions about that and uh, what are you know what what's what's the What's the word on the street about that? There's a couple of different ideas. And one is, you know, having that, I understand the reason for not wanting to call them prostitutes because they are children. They are being exploited because whether they know it or not, they're being exploited. Right. And that's just the facts. Yeah. But sometimes that's the only way for a police officer to get them out of the situation that they're in is to arrest them for that charge and then arrest the person they're with. Mm hmm for you know the charges that they're They're being in pandering yep yep so i think there's can be some good effects but i also think that might have taken a good tool out of the handbag so to speak no i i agree and you know that's that's something that i'm just opening up a dialogue with a lot of different people about because um i've noticed that uh, in talking with you know members of law enforcement and district attorneys and whatnot they've shared with me well we've kind of been reduced to more of a harm reduction arm where we can go out and we see someone in the street and we give them some information about where they might want to uh what they might want to do um and but unfortunately um uh, there's not much we can do to intervene um, and there's nowhere where we can take if we take a youth off the street um, in many counties there's nowhere to take them and in some counties there's like an assessment center or something like that a drop-in center um, but even there they're not able to uh, detain a, a youth so the youth basically comes in and um, and leaves uh, you know pretty shortly thereafter And so um, do you have actually, you know what, we're going to take a break. Okay. when we come back, I'd love to hear about, you know, what's the process look like in Contra Costa County? And and, and again, have you noticed any changes uh, since the law was passed? But we'll come back and we'll hear some more. Uh, And thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with Tavon Payne, who's a probation counselor with Contra Costa County Probation and Juvenile Detention uh, Facility in in the city of Martinez. And uh, we were just uh, kind of joking around here because she actually, um, you you can't see her, obviously, because we're on the radio, but... Um, she's she's a pretty small lady here with a that packs a punch. She has a certificate in weaponless defense uh, in weaponless de- defense, and uh, she's an OC spray instructor. She's a pistol instructor. 
I kind of, now I'm a little scared over here. (laughs) We were just talking about how she might lay hands on you (laughs) in a Christianly way, of course. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, in this space where you're dealing with, uh, you know, a variety of different scenarios in particular, like I, I, so just going back to um, these centers where, you know, drop-in centers where, where CSEC are brought um, for care, uh, I have observed myself personally that there are exploiters that are uh, actually l- l- lurking around waiting for people to be either to leave or to walk out on their own uh, or be, you know, be dismissed, if you will, uh, from those places. And um, I, I'm I'm very concerned about that. And I was just thinking about, you know, I was, I was teasing with my husband this morning, actually, that I would so be like mama in that place. I would be like going up to those cars saying, can I help you? You well, know, you one, know, keep it moving. Let's, yeah, let's one go. of the one of the problems that I see is they also are going to have to um, in in any kind of situation that we that we can arrange and make safe for them. We also have to make an an process for them to go out. Yes, an exit. Not just throw them out the front door. No, no, no. We need to get them placed in where they're going to be living. We need to do these things so that they feel comfortable where they're going and they're not walking out on the street and going, "Uh-oh. What now? What now?" Right. No, we're going to have structure for them to know the next steps they need to take. Exactly. And that's, and, you know, so you, and another thing we talked about during the break is the need for a place for them to go, right? Yes. And the impo- the importance of having a place that is trauma-informed, that is um, a safe place to lay your head. And um, in particular, when I think about women, um, there's, you know, there's not a lot of places for women and children to go that have an understanding of human trafficking, an understanding of trauma bonding, and of... Um, of, uh, you know, what it feels like, you know, I, I, we, we did a workshop uh, about a month ago on the inter, the interworkings or the ways in which domestic violence is intertwined with human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And it was an aha moment for a lot of women that had, and men who had experienced domestic violence to, to know that there, that there was just a few steps away. They were just a few steps away from being trafficked really. Um, so there's that physical abuse and there's that, you know, that emotional and sexual abuse potentially in your domestic violence scenario and then you add in human trafficking and this is the piece that people don't get when you've been productized when you've been sold and talked about in in and and placed online like a product i mean literally described your body parts described the way in which you um, are intimate with somebody is described with star ratings online when that's happened to you and you're compared to other women and other men that you're being sold with, uh, that is another level of exploitation um, and, and abuse. And it has, uh, it has a tremendous impact and it needs a certain kind of care uh, that, um, that is, is important to have in, the, in, a, in a home that's providing a, you know, a, a safety for a survivor of human trafficking. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think safety is the key, you know, and then the next thing is love. Yep. Uh, teaching them about Christ if they don't know, mm-hmm. because that faith alone will give them um, a sense of strength, a sense of inner strength. Yes. Knowing that they have that inside of them and, and it's not just something that's walking around somewhere, somewhere. 
Yeah. So um, I think that's the key is you have to, a lot of them are going to come in strong and mean and hateful and, you know, they don't believe other people actually care. Yeah. They are raised in a certain way, unfortunately, that I'm not saying all of them, but there's a great majority of them that their families are not connected. Right. I mean, there's got to be these children Mm -hmm. cannot do this on their own. Right. They need a strong foundation. Yeah, exactly. And I would like to be involved in creating that for them. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's that, and uh, you know that it's just a beautiful thing that we've come together. And um, as you know, you're a member of Cornerstone uh, Fellowship in Livermore, and we've been partnered partnering with them. They're a courageous community collaborator. We've worked very closely with them since launching our home, and they've been one of the main sponsors of our of both of our homes. Uh, and our goal um, is to expand our um, our our phase one home Mm -hmm. where we currently provide safe housing for seven women and their children. Uh, We hope to expand that to 18 uh, women and their children. And, uh, and then we hope to have in our plan right now, we have one phase two home and uh, we plan to have houses throughout California so that people can go from uh, a stabilization center, which is phase one, mm-hmm. to a sustainability center, which is phase two. And b- at the end of the year and a half that they will stay with us, uh, they will be launched into their own life, um, you know, able to rent their own apartment, have a job, not just a job, but hopefully a career. Exactly. And um, and goals and dreams and a support system, a mentor and the love that they're, that they deserve. Um, and what we're finding is that a lot of our women, um, are reunifying with their families. Their families are even getting counseling now. That's great. Their children, they're being reunified with their children. We've had two, um, reunifications, uh, you know, and it's just a beautiful thing to see that attachment just coming in and, you know, that, that mother daughter attachment happening. It's just so powerful. And so I'm excited that you're excited. Oh, I'm, doing it. I can't wait. I, I, you know, whatever I, position I can do, whatever I can help with, whatever, you know, m- my connection is going to be with the girls yeah. in the sense of I've, I've, I've talked to them in juvenile hall. Yeah. I've got letters of them telling me how great it was to have me as their counselor and oh, awesome. the changes that they made and things like that. And yeah. I keep those. Yes. I keep those when I got injured. Uh, they gave me cards and stuff. I keep those because you know what? Almost every single one of those girls that have written me a letter yeah. hated me when they came into juvenile hall. Huh. Because? because Well, because of the way I do things is, you know, I'm all good about sitting and talking with you and getting you to the things you need to do. But there are rules here and you need to follow them. I'm right. paid to make sure that happens. Right. Aside of that, we can do whatever. Right. We can get it done. What you need, we can get it done. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it's like you've earned the right to speak into their life, right? You're, exactly. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're hard, but you're, you're going to work hard for them, too. Well, and, and true, most kids, they act like they don't want it, but they want structure. Yes. They need structure. Yes. And that's what I was giving them is in life... You're going to have rules. Yep. It may not be ones you like. You still need to follow them. Yep. 
So let's start now. Yes. Let's do it on a friendship basis. You, you do what I ask. We're all good. Right. Because in the long run, you're going to still have to do what we want you to. Mm-hmm. But you get the choice of how we do it. You yeah. get to choose for yourself how we go about making this happen. Yeah. So yeah. giving them their Empowering. control back. Yeah. 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 But, and that's what that's what they need because every all control has been taken. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Okay. So when we come back, there's a couple things that I want to just talk about in terms of your experience, you know, there with Girls in Motion, um, the stages of change and trauma bonding, what you observed, you know, in those particular areas. Uh, and, and, you know, you talked about this, the evidence-based insight that went into developing Girls in Motion. I'd love to talk some more about that. So when we come, come back, we'll discuss that. And thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Tavon Payne, who's a probation counselor with Contra Costa County Probation in the Juvenile Detention Center. And uh, we are just sort of uh, learning more about Girls in Motion and, and and her engagement with the young ladies that are there. And and uh, so I wanted to ask some questions. So as, as you know, in this space uh, with the, you know, in, Girls in Motion is not just for uh, human trafficking survivors, so for CSAC. Um, it is also um, for, you know, people who have gone through a variety of, you know, involved in criminal activity, let's say robberies or um, assaults, uh, things like that uh, could be placed in Girls in Motion, correct? Yes. It's okay. it's a, it's like a, uh, being sentenced to a group home or sentenced to some kind of ranch or something like that. You, the judge actually sentences them to the Girls in Motion program. But the only difference is in, in between those two programs is it's actually a lockdown facility, correct? Exactly. And we're balancing the Girls in Motion program with the, the specific girls that are in it, along with the intakes from just outside into juvenile hall. Yeah. So uh, some of the things that I wanted to ask you about related to that are, um, so, you know, as, as you know, uh, with a, a survivor, a CSAC, um, a commercially sexually exploited child, a, there is this notion of a Stockholm syndrome or a, a trauma bond that is happening oftentimes between them and their exploiter. And uh, I think it's interesting that your facility is a lockdown facility that... Um, detains them and keeps them from, you know, being with their exploiter and ha- there's a cooling off period. Um, what were your observations when, when some of the girls came in and, you know, cease, and, and this is just for girls, correct? Girls in motion is. Yes. Strictly for girls. Okay. So when some of the girls came in um, and, you know, did you observe any of them talking about their exploiter in an amorous way and, uh, was it hard for them to um, sort of break the bond as they progressed? Well, the interesting part first is before they get sentenced to be there, they're already there. Yeah. Because they're holding, waiting for the um, adjudication of what's going to happen to them. Right. So we already know a lot about them. But, um, yeah, there's there's ones where um, I had this one young lady that was actually pregnant by her 
um, exploiter, mm-hmm. and she believed he was her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, just totally believed, and um, she had the baby, and mm-hmm. it was very sad. It was born with spinal bifida, mm-hmm. and um, I was there, so I saw the whole thing. And it, he was just the cutest little thing, though, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And But she still was like, this guy is her all. This guy is her everything. Mm-hmm. And she was only 15. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's a lot of cases like that. I've had a couple other girls where same thing. They, they'll tell you, oh, he wants to do good for me. He gets me this. He gets me that. Yeah. And they just don't understand what they give up in return to get this and that. Correct. And, you know, and so this is something that, you know, we we talk about quite frequently with with work with uh, social workers and counselors and people that are dealing with this population that they need to become familiar with the stages of change mm-hmm. and you know the stages being the pre-contemplative contemplative plan you know take a t- making a plan bringing it to action and then maintaining their recovery you know or relapse prevention those are the five stages mm-hmm. and so when somebody is uh, you know, talking about someone as their boyfriend who's exploiting them, that's pre-contemplative. They're in denial that mm-hmm. they, um, they're being exploited. And then there'll be an incident, you know, maybe they'll get beat up or maybe there's another girl that's now being introduced as the main girl, the bottom. And, um, that, that creates turmoil in which case there becomes some contemplation. Like, why am I w- really with him? And he's taking all my money and he's just using me anyway. And, you know, I don't want to get hit anymore. And those are the kinds of things that happen. And then the next phase is let me, let's plan to get out of this and start. They usually are kind of talking with somebody who they trust about how they can create a, a plan to get out. They execute against that plan. That's action. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in, let's say a safe house, which is oftentimes where they end up after that whole process. They're coming to us and saying, hey, I want to be here. Um, and uh, the the challenge I see is that that trauma bond is so strong that unless uh, something compelling happens, like nearly losing your life, and sometimes not even that will do it, uh, they will stay pre-contemplative forever. Yeah. Unless there's a, you know, some kind of factor that comes in that that totally gives them a way that they can see the light somehow. Yeah. And, and let's hope that's God first. Yes. And then, you know, using uh, people like us to mm-hmm. get through to them. Yeah. You know, just to, to reach out. Yeah. Some of them don't think people can reach it. They don't think they're worth people to reach out. Mm-hmm. And that is not true for any of them. No, not true at all. And but they've been made to feel like this for so long that nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. I'm keeping you. Look, I'm giving you these things. So you need to do what I tell you to. Right. And again, you got to let them know that's not the case. Right. So that's right. Yeah. So it's it's pouring in that love and it's it's interrupting that thought process mm-hmm. with another person that loves you. Now, what are your thoughts on, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives on harm reduction versus retention, right? So, uh, you know, I talked about it earlier. Girls in Motion is a retention, you know, lockdown facility for minors. Um, And, you know, there's now there's these new laws that say we can't 
we can no longer arrest you for prostitution. So, uh, the, you know, the, in, come January, there will be less and less uh, of the commercially sexually exploited children in juvenile probation. They will be either sort of just informed that there are resources, maybe counseling resources, um, maybe case management resources that are available to them. They'll be informed of that. But there isn't really um, a place that um, that they can go and get that time out anymore. Yeah, and, and that's what I would really like to see happen is to have places where they can go and um, to me, it's a little bit sad for the, the change in the law because sometimes that's the only avenue to get them off the street and get them somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not their fault. So arresting them and having charges on their their record for something that is not their fault, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not good. Right. But I, I would hope there's still ways where we can take them into custody for their own safety. Yeah. Because there's still laws on the books about, you know, taking them in for their own protection. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's certainly like if someone's a runaway, you're yeah. compelled to pick them up, but then you just bring them back to the you bring them back to where, wherever they were at. Maybe it's a foster home. Maybe it's a group home. Maybe it's a, a broken home. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, a home that seems well, you know, like the perfect little home. But for whatever reason, now that that trauma bond has set in and they want to get back to their exploiter. And by the time the paperwork's done by that police officer, they're already gone. Yep. Yep. So I think the girls in motion was a good, good idea because it doesn't give them a choice. They are locked, mm-hmm. but they're, they're given food. They're taken care of. They're get, they're counseled. They're, they have time to laugh and joke and we play games and we do normal things yeah. with them as children. Yes. And we are there as role models. And some of them are very attached when they leave. They, mm-hmm. They yes. don't want to leave. And, you know, to me, like I had told you before, I think in these places that they're being taken to for their safety, I think there's also should be an aspect of it in a, a somewhat of a group home that is locked. Yeah. Yeah. Not at, for their not for, for their time. incarceration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because till their mind gets out of that, I'm that possession. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that for me is the the challenge is is what's the cooling off period? You know, I've 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 talked to clinicians in the Bay Area, and we've talked about the possibility of creating something like a fifty one fifty, but not as aggressive because usually when someone's fifty one fifty, they're considered violent, and no, they're de- not always no. But yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that when they've been fifty one fifty, they've been beaten up and thrashed around, and and you know that kind of thing, and so. Um, of course, we wouldn't want that uh, unless the person was becoming violent themselves. But, um, you know, having a, a, a psychological designation that says this, this person is gravely disabled because they want to go back to an environment and to a person that will literally take their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there is a. There is a clinical phenomenon in play here called Stockholm syndrome, yes. called trauma bond that is in play here that is not going to just get reversed by releasing them back to the person who's who's doing it. No, in fact, it damages them more. 
Yeah, I mean, the drug addiction sets in further. The, um, the, the, like you said, the emotional bond is, is, there's depth added to the emotional bond. And never mind the fact that the average life expectancy of a person that's exploited is seven years. And so if the average age of a person that's being exploited is, you know, 11 to 14 in the Bay Area, you're talking about, um, now, once somebody hits 18, everybody just throws their hands up and says, well, unless they want it, unless they want to come out, um, there's nothing we can do to help them. Well, hey, we had the ability to do something from the age of 11 until 18, but we just, you know, our hands were tied. So we just kind of watched as they went in and out and in and out and in and out of these exploitative situations. When do we do you know, when do we do something different? So uh, we're, kinda, we're gonna come back and, and continue this dialogue and this is uh, um, uh, really interesting. Hopefully you're enjoying it and we uh, thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today talking about what's going on in Contra Costa uh, County juvenile detention and specifically the Girls in Motion program and uh, this whole idea of being in uh, a place that is a lockdown facility for CSEG versus um, a harm reduction strategy, which is we know is where we're moving from a um, uh, legislative standpoint. Uh, and so one of the things that... Um, Tavon was sharing with me is first off, first off a, a question she asked during the break, which I thought maybe our listening audience might want to know is, you know, why are you called abolition radio? And that's because we believe that human trafficking is modern day slavery. And so we are here uh, to use the radio waves to break, to become modern day abolitionists, to break the, the chains uh, that are on us, both psychologically, uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually break those chains off by inviting guests on, like Tavon and others that have that are contributing their lives to uh, either doing prevention work, doing intervention work, uh, and really raising awareness about how um, how human trafficking impacts a person and ways that we can prevent it and we can intervene when when necessary. So, just kind of thinking along those lines, right? Um, you said during the break that you have a dream. Tell us about your dream. My dream is for someday for girls to actually know about us and know that there's a place where they can go that they know they'll be safe. It's not a big question of because these girls talk and through the grapevine, if we get it out there to and a lot of girls go through the programs and and get saved, get real jobs, get, you know, um, then. Others will hear about it. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you have people that are there that aren't aren't being forced to be there. Yeah. You're having people take control of their life. And I think that's exactly what this comes down to. Mm-hmm. It It's hard for a kid to have to take control of their life because you're supposed to have the parents, you know, kind of guiding you as you go. But in some cases, these children, because there's nobody else, has to take control of their life. And I think that's... The intervention part, too, is that they see that they need the help. They ask for it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, my dream, and, and this is a little bit out there, but I, I, I'm a believer. I, I believe that I could literally go up and touch a person or look on a person on a street corner and they would be immediately healed. That trauma oh, that'd be awesome. that they have, that trauma bond, it would just fall off of them. That's mm-hmm. my, you know, that's my prayer before the Lord, that I can just walk up to somebody on a corner and say, you know what, I love you. And they would just, it would just break off and they would just walk off and say, I'm going back to school. I need help with housing. I need these different things. And, and, you know, and, and so, but, and and there's really no, but, so I'm just waiting on God to to give me that healing power. Ready, set, go. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the, the ways in which he's kind of doing that now. Um, even though it's, it's hard. Uh, at times when we're in the houses and we're trying to help women, these are grown women and their children. Um, but many of our women are transitional age youth. So mm-hmm. between the ages of 18 and 24 and, and, uh, and they too, you know, they, they are people who got introduced to the life 12 to 14 and yeah. never came out. I actually have a letter. Um, mm-hmm. We can't of course say the girl's name. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to follow, but, um, she talked about her walk through Girls in Motion. Ooh, yeah. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. So would you, I can probably keep track of it a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she says, I'm a daughter, a sister, a confidant, and friend. Before I was sentenced to the Girls in Motion program, my life was a wreck. I had dove headfirst into a dangerous lifestyle full of crime and risky behavior. When I was first committed to this program, my head was in the wrong place. I felt like people were trying to change me, and I was planning on going right back to the quicksand that I was just pulled out of. I am thankful that I can sit here and say that I am a totally different person, a young woman who has a bright future ahead of her and can do anything she sets her mind to, thanks to this program. I have learned so much from all of the different classes, and I have picked up on skills that I can use as I go through my life, such as dealing with accusations or dealing with other people's anger and everything in between. Some of the main things I've learned in Girls in Motion, anger control class. In this class, we were required to fill out and turn in hassle logs each week about something that happened during the week that made us mad. In doing so, we learned to recognize things such as triggers, what sets you off, cues once you were triggered, how did your body act, i.e. sweaty palms, red face, anger reducers, counting backwards, deep breathing, Hmm. and reminders to keep ourselves in check. I like this class because I, I can now realize what sets me off and I can break it down and think about how I'm re- react rather than making rash decisions. Skill streaming class. This class was simple, yet I learned a lot. We were given a skill such as keeping out of fights or dealing with false accusations along with the skills, uh, steps how to carry out and how to keep from falling into that same play. Awesome. When I think about what you read in terms of that, the anger management strategies. Wow. Just to have a captive audience and give her that as a tool. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
I mean, how many of us listening today need a hassle log? I know I need a hassle log. Yeah, it'd be great because it helps you put it into perspective instead of just a feeling, an action, and a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. If you have time to think about all these things, would you really do it the same way you just did it? Right. Probably not. Yeah. And I think that's the part that, um, you know, I think is so valuable in having that captive audience, uh, which, you know, it's it's a little tough because they have these criminal charges placed on them, which are not, you know, right because they were victims. But the positive side of them being there is that they were a, they had the time to think and process and create and learn these new tools. And then they could go back out and face the world. Um, this world that is so unkind and so, um, you know, just just not oriented toward their healing and their restoration. You know, it's, it's very, you know, very much about what can I get from you? And this is a time for them to say, what, who am I and what can I uh, do for myself and what boundaries do I need to set with people so that I can live a successful life? And, you know, everybody can and put a hand in this kind of program in the sense of all you need to do is be a, a, a role model to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's taking them to movies, uh, hanging out in the park, taking them to a computer thing. I don't know what young kids do much anymore, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives them somebody to go do things with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, so Love Never Fails has a mentoring program. It's a, it's not an outcome um, mentoring program. It's a process oriented mentoring program, Be- and so we're just kind of folks that walk alongside a person, even if yeah. they're being actively exploited. And um, in speaking, there, we have seventy mentors now that we've trained. And in speaking with a couple of them, they've shared that, you know, just sitting next to their mentor, just someone to sit next to them physically and say, I care, you know, and it doesn't hurt if you're eating something good. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and hear about different things that are going on in the community. And we thank you so much, Tavon, for joining us today. We appreciate all that you're doing in the community and uh, excited about what the future holds. We'll come right back and we'll have another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So we're in the studio today uh, with uh, Tavon Payne, who's a probation counselor with Contra Costa County Probation Juvenile Hall. And we've been talking all about different types of interventions, uh, strategies for CSEC. Uh, and one of the things that she was going to do was just read a little bit uh, to us uh, at the end of her letter that kind of captures the heart of the young lady she was referring to in the last segment and the way in which she um, left the program in, in just really a heartwarming group of words. So, Tavon, do you want to share that with us? Sure. She um, ended it by saying she was grateful to all the staff that had put up with her and her hard-headedness. I really want to thank Tavon because without her, I would have never made it. Thank you for all of those talks we had and for encouraging me when I really felt hopeless. 
mm-hmm. when I just wanted to throw in the towel. You taught me many re- lessons along the way. And Lord knows we've laughed, we've cried, learned, and grew together. I'm proud to have you as my counselor, and I was able to be your first counselee. The Girls in Motion program has taken a confused, broken little girl and gave her the confidence to become a spiritual, intelligent, successful young woman. I think it's safe to say that my life has changed because of you, and I deserve to be out there with everyone else that has worked hard, too. And I deserve to be out there with everyone who's worked hard. Wow. That's amazing. And and just to, just uh, you said that that makes you tear up. Yeah, you it does every time. Tear. <laughs> you know, and, and just to know that you had that impact on a person's life is so, uh, so. The funny thing important. is I told, um, when I took the job, I told God, I said, you know what? This is going to be a tough job, especially girls. And I said, if I can change one person's life, it'll be worth whatever I need to go through to be there. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, well, you've done that, so it's been worth it. Uh, That's right. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about events that are going on in the community. We invite you to come out and be a part. Um, As we we shared earlier in the segment, you know, there is a need for additional housing, and we do want to expand our houses uh, to accommodate more women and children and hopefully one day even um, have a house for for men that are coming out of exploitation. And so um, we ask that you would join us today and become one of the million ways that we fight human trafficking by going to our website uh, and it's um, loveneverfailsus.com and going to forward slash million. Again, this is one of the ways that you can fight human trafficking by being one of the ways that you can fight human trafficking, being one of the million ways. And that is giving $1 a month. That's $12 a year. Uh, If you don't like PayPal on our website, you can click just below and you can go right into another app application called Razu, and that will allow you to give $12 a year. Uh, We really need your financial support in order to keep our houses open, in order to keep our program on the air, and the variety of other things that that are going on in our community um, that uh, that we're involved in. It's just just an amazing opportunity uh, to pour into us as we pour into those that need it so much. Uh, Just a couple things. We want to invite you out to our Thanksgiving outreach that's happening on the 19th. 19th of November. Uh, we are going to be going out that evening to the Central Valley area. And if you want more information about that, email streets at loveneverfailsus.com. That's S-T-R-E-E-T-S, streets at loveneverfailsus.com. And um, Angela Garcia, who's our program manager there, will be able to reach out to you and give you some more information. Uh, in addition, we want to invite you to participate in our Stop the Demand event. Uh, it's actually being put on by Regina's door, but Regina Evans, and uh, she is partnering with a ton of nonprofits and, and that are and activists and abolitionists, such as Love Never Fails, uh, and that is happening on December first. And you can go to uh, uh, Regina's door online, uh, go to her website, and she'll have more information there or her Facebook page. Um, uh, and there's just an amazing amount of I think there's twenty or twenty five different agencies that are involved with that one. So come on out to that. Also, we want to encourage you to be a part of our 
double portion community store in Hayward. Um, that's at 22580 Grand Street, and that's in Hayward. Uh, Cross Street is A Street. We um, have uh, we are employing survivors of human trafficking that are in our homes, and they're having a great time selling uh, clothing and furniture and uh, babies' toys and things like that. If you want to donate to our store, we welcome that as well. And we just ask that you would reach out to us and um, and uh, let us know how you want to get involved. I also want to put out there that we are always in need of volunteers for our homes and uh, volunteers for all of our programs. And so if you are interested in any of that, I welcome you to go ahead and email me. And that's Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A at loveneverfailsus.com. And, uh, and we should uh, be able to plug you right in no matter what your gift is. Also, just some exciting news. We actually are opening up an office in San Francisco. Uh, I will have more to share with you about that. We also have opened up an office in Sacramento now. And so we'll, we'll be sharing sort of a little bit more about our expansion as well as a beauty school that we are going to be partnering with in Oakland. As you know, we already are in Stockton and uh, we'll be opening up in January timeframe. And then, of course, we're looking at a Cisco Networking Academy. So we've got a lot up our sleeve. And we are so grateful to you for partnering with us. Of course, we want to end the show making sure that you are aware and you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors, and the ones who still sleep our eyes. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.